0: Welcome. Hello. We're here. It's episode one, the 90 day website mastery podcast. I'm here with Pascal. How are you, Pascal?
1: I'm very well. Thank you very much. We're going to be talking about website for the next half hour. So I'm very pleased indeed. We are
0: celebrating the launch of our new program and the completion of our first website uh, podcast series, which was the best practice webinar series. And well, it's you and me. We just have so much content. Uh, we wanted to find a way to share more, to give advice, to give more insights uh, on how to make your website work harder for you. And more importantly, for you to start feeling proud of your website. And in fact, we're going to dig into that today because most people do not feel proud of their website. Uh, each episode will comprise of four segments. So we've got the You Ask, We Answer, uh, and that's where we've got a question that's been submitted to our audience uh, or uh, that's been researched online and we're going to debate that question and answer that question Segment two is the website stories, which is where me or Pascal have seen something, whether it be a podcast, a vlog, a video, an infographic, and we debate it and discuss it. We've got the website engine room, where we're going to share two apps that are really going to help you make your life easier as a website manager or website creator. And the fourth segment we have is the website call to action. One change or adjustment that you should be doing or making to your website Right now, uh, to make some big differences. So, without further ado, let's jump into those segments. We're going to start with you ask, we answer, and I'm going to let Pascal lead us on our journey.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, and well done. This is a fantastic summary of something that we just created only very recently. As you said, you know, looking at different ways to share our passion for website design and management, but also looking at ways to use you know information that is current to share our own expertise and approaches to creating a great website uh, experience for your users. So I wanted to take you to the very, very beginning of how somebody might begin their journey to either launch or relaunch a website. And Google, being or Yahoo, could be a a good starting point. Now, research would suggest that the top Google search for websites and the how question is how to create a website. But here's the thing, Johnny, when you look at the first two pages of such results, I was really, really quite surprised by how poor the advice was, how outdated. Uh, quite simply, the advice, which I think is being copied and pasted and plagiarized by so many different platforms, suggests that the step number one to creating a website, listen to this, is to choose a domain name. <laughs> step number two is... <laughs> It's to set up email addresses. Step number three is to find a hosting company. So you have this whole range of activities that have got nothing to do with a website. And well, I'm gonna ask you directly. I mean, I suspect this is not how you start a website journey with your customers yourself.
0: No, well, I mean, choosing a domain name to some extent comes actually quite a bit later on in the journey. Mm. Um, and it's you know, it's all about, you know, why? why do we want a website never mind how to create one why do we want one what's it going to do who's it going to talk to who's the audience uh who 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 you know who's our different stakeholders what's the purpose what's the functionality and and that that opens a whole can of worms in terms of functionality some people um don't consider functionality at all and some people try and suddenly create a website that 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 is going to do every single process in their entire business and just does it all really badly
1: <laughs> yeah so so you had those kind of really bizarre advice i had nothing to do with that and then you had of course all the and I've got nothing against them, but all those kind of free to you know low cost options where you can choose a template. So they would say, Oh, to go to the website, choose a template. And I was thinking that has really I don't recognize those stages at all because like you, I would focus with my customers on the audience profiling, and you can do that in so many different ways, saying, Well, who ideally is going to be the visitor? And then I'll talk quickly about behavior. So what is the best possible outcome of a website visit? Do you want them to book? Do you want them to uh, come and visit your premises? Do you want them to buy something online? So we actually focus on on the end point. And then with um, content, so ABC, audience behavior content, you work your way backwards towards the home page. And there's one exercise I love doing with them because unless you are a, a full-time website designer, the likelihood is the, the need to create a website or relaunch a website is every so often as in every few years, I would imagine. So I do a lot of book, book, um, Scrapping, scrapping, scrapbooking, I beg your pardon, that was the term I was looking for, where we look at examples from other industries and sectors, not theirs, otherwise too busy looking at the competition. And we ask ourselves the question, you know, why do you think this about page is, is um, you know, connects with you? What do you like about this landing page or this home page? And we start to educate ourselves about current trends and so on. So, so the point I suppose I'm making and you're making is that it takes time to reflect on the website before you even go ahead online to choose a template.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and, uh, it, it, there's a lot more questions to ask. And and this doesn't have to be a, a big, long process either. Um, it, some of these things can be answered quite quickly, but, but so many, businesses uh, business organizations don't consider some of these questions and don't consider, uh, some of the things and, and, you know, just understanding the, the personas and the target audience can really understand. Can really help you understand. You know what device this has to be fully optimized for. What 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 do we need to make happen really really easily on this website? What what's the purpose? What's it going to achieve? And and actually, it's bringing the whole branding into question as well. What's our messaging? What's our what? How how are we getting across that hook? You've got less than a fraction of a second to pique someone's interest and to get them hooked into wanting more, into wanting to take action, into wanting to 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 go on the journey
1: you're giving them. So the wording is so important too. Mm. Do you know, listening to you reminds me a bit, and I have a lot of sympathy for the, the attraction of going straight into the laptop and looking for a platform that gives you templates and you can start to play with things, because sometimes they're worried about they don't have enough confidence in the ability to get to the end point. But it's not dissimilar to trying to pull together a great presentation. But the way you start is by opening a PowerPoint or Keynote. And that's not true oh you shouldn't certainly the way you start is literally with with post-its and you write things down and and you leave yourself a few days if, if of course you have that luxury but you want to essentially put together the sketches and and the kind of and go back and judge your mind and so on but do this which is what you're describing in conversation mode i, I don't think should, this should be a solitary activity
0: yeah no a bit a bit of a mind map and 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 you've already said that this isn't about Us saying we're against
1: free tools
0: and 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 templates. You know, far from it. Actually, we love that sort of stuff. And just like you said, PowerPoint for for power for for presentations. Absolutely, it's just the thought process and the the the. It's the process and how you go about it and the questions that you need to ask. That's the missing ingredient in a lot of the time.
1: No, absolutely. It's it's a bit like I'll use this analogy, and then we move on to the next segment. You want to launch a restaurant but you've not worked out the menu and mm. the food. And yet you want to build the restaurant. You want to start to put the branding and you want to put all yeah. the decorations yeah. and so on. You've got to do it the other way. All right. So um, I'm sorry, Google, but your search results are rubbish. You know, we're not going to accept them. So we're going to go ahead and change them. All right. Website stories. So this is our segment where we use a, a, a content online, whether it's a podcast, an article, or a video, which allows you and I to react to what is happening. And I came across this great article written by Duncan McRae, who's a tech journalist and editor for Marketing Tech News. And the article, but well, the shop line and the title is as follows. 47% of UK businesses are embarrassed by their website. Embarrassed when they are in front of a key stakeholder and a customer. Interesting.
0: Well, I mean, this goes back to why we put our program together. Um, Anecdotally, uh, we hear this all the time, Um, you know, whether it be in our training sessions, whether it be one-to-ones, it's that moment that a potential client, a potential customer says to you, can I have your website address? And inside you, you suddenly, your stomach suddenly turns because it's like, Oh no you don't want to go on my website. No 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 it doesn't it's not a good picture it's not it's not the true representation and you do not feel proud of your website. And and we, you you said it earlier in the green room uh, a moment ago we were just talking about this particular subject and and you said it's been amazing because anecdotally we've had this for a long time but we've never had the data. Never. And and, and this
1: article gives the data. And what was interesting, so Duncan was reflecting on the research done by a CMS company called Storyblock, and they had additional data. So I'm going to read them out to you. So 92% think their website poor user experience is costing themselves. And a vast majority are spending 3.5 hours a week solving, fixing problems and errors on their websites. So what you have is a situation where the relationship people have with a website is one where they just don't feel good about it themselves. It's not a positive, because if you spend time fixing errors as opposed to running it and creating content, getting positive reactions and so on, you have a complete disconnect, and I find that you and I, the way we do through the workshop, the conference and the webinars is actually reconnecting people with the website platform, a solution that is really a source of uh, a positive uh, thinking that it's re-energizing that you know they feel proud to share and comment upon online and there's a bit of a journey to go through but my view 47 percent if i think about the number of people who apologize to me before I, they even show me their website in a workshop situation i would say it's higher than that
0: yeah yeah well it, yeah because one of the things that i do is i do live seo audits and and so for that i need a uh, i need the the domain name the website address and you know it must be eight if not nine times out of ten so 80 or 90 percent the first comment that comes out will be some kind of excuse as to why it's not going to look good when i bring it up on that screen Mm. (laughs) and and it's it's scary it's like you you were talking about it's a bit like uh the the old chair in the office uh, yeah, that, yeah you know that, that gives you heartache you know every time you sit on it you're like you know oh you know. but but uh, it's it's only until it sort of either breaks or or you have to <laughs> suddenly go and and get um some physio because your back is so bad uh, mm-hmm. that that you then finally do something about it.
1: It's interesting. We, and I include myself in that, of course, we can really get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So the website is embarrassing you, but you don't do much about it because, again, there's lack of motivation, lack of understanding. There's also poor experience with previous suppliers. There's all sorts of things. You know, listen to our viewers and listeners. Johnny and I have been there. We've heard it before. We know We know what it's like to be a, a very business, very busy business owner and team leader. And you've got to also run the website successfully. So, and that's what this podcast is going to explore with you. But, but for me, it's just that: which is, don't wait until there's you know, risk of injury or near death before you make the changes to the website.
0: Yeah, that's the that's, <laughs> the, that's the that's the thing. Is it's it's, I mean, it's like people's health. You know, they don't do anything until it's that mm. bad. Uh, but, 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 but interesting. You know what? You've just made me think here and i think it's and i think it is really worth mentioning this even happens on new websites so we're okay. not even talking about old websites necessarily i mean you 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 must experience that as well where where you know that you've asked for the website address it's not because it's an old website that they're embarrassed necessarily it's just because they just don't like the website mm. they don't feel proud of it, it you know it, they might have only had it for 6 months but they don't feel proud of it
1: i think for me it's this to do with the lack of activity and commitment. So this is where the blogging element, which, you know, as, as you know, as, as you are, I'm a big, big fan, because you can really motivate a company-wide uh, the kind of involvement with the website as opposed to something that is forgotten about and it's only when there's an error message or when it's time to renew the hosting fee that people remember they have a website yeah, you know absolutely and, and listen you know John and I of course are very passionate about website platforms and and part of the one of the, the driving forces of this program this podcast to find that we're mightily aware that activities and subject like social media, SEO, email marketing, and, and the list can go on, get a lot of the spotlight. But when it comes to website, it's almost, well, people should know, but they don't. And more importantly, in April this year, we are celebrating 30 years of internet. 1993, Sir Tim Berners-Lee released another you know, code for the web browser. And 30 years later, I would agree, people should know and do better but we're not there. And I think it's to do with the lack of frequency in which people look at their website and update their website as well. There's a link there, I suspect. Absolutely. We
0: we should say, by the way, we are live on LinkedIn. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. Uh, you may be listening to us on the podcast, uh, which um, we uh, we take this, we then upload it to the podcast. So welcome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. We've got a comment on Facebook right now uh saying, um, don't see a f- physio for your back problems, come and see a chiropractor. I'm guessing that could be a chiropractor. Uh, but yeah, thanks. For, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks for commenting. Uh, I'm joining us right now. Uh, and we should also say if you've got specific questions for our next podcast uh, that you want us to answer or debate, or if you've seen a story, please do uh, approach us or comment on any of our
1: threads uh, to let us know. Thank you very much, Johnny. Um, I myself see a a chiropractor regularly for my back, so uh, (laughs) I totally totally agree. Listen, we talked about updating website, connecting the website, so let's move on to the next segment, the website engine room. bit of a kind of um, turn of phrase in terms of this idea of using tech to – accelerate and and stimulate your imagination really when it comes to running the website. So what we do, um, each time we have a recording here, a session, we choose one app, one software solution, even one piece of kit that can make life easier as a website manager. So Johnny Ross, what is your selection for today? So today I'm focusing on SEMrush. Uh, now, it's a difficult one, this, because
0: I'm not suggesting that you need to go out there and spend a fortune on SEMrush because it's not cheap. Um, what I am suggesting is that you either need to spend a short amount of time, maybe even taking up the uh, the free trial or maybe just doing a, a month on there or specifically working with someone that has access to SEMrush. The amount of data in there is just so helpful in terms of competitor analysis, in terms of keyword gaps, in terms of uh, history on ranks, uh, content suggestion, um, keeping an eye on on error handling, and and more importantly, what who's linking to your website and what are they saying, and is there some sort of toxic links out there? It's really um, it's a tool that I've used for many many years, but they've they've really put a lot of investment into it recently and. I just I don't know where I'd be without it. I sort of I sort of think that I'd be letting a lot of website owners down without having that resource of information and being able to it's about being able to uh, look at a page of content and say, "Do you know what? We're missing a paragraph on this particular topic. We're missing keywords on this particular thing. And actually, we should be internally linking to some of our sort of pillar pages across the website because Semrush has helped us identify these opportunities. So I think I think that tool, that for me, is a, a tool that really would make uh, life easier as a website manager or
1: owner. Thank you very much. And your selection actually helps me remind you and our audience that one of our key principles when it comes to website is that it is an extension of your approach to customer service. So if you know for if other people have questions that have been unanswered or could be answered more fully, then this tool can help you do that. So you know that's very good. Excuse me. So I've Focused, as you will appreciate, on content creation, this idea of reconnecting with the website, doing something uh, that, you know, elevate its online experience. So CapCut, Cap, C-A-P, and then Cut as in cutting, is the app for today. It's an all-in-one video editing mobile app. But last summer, they also released a desktop version, which is really quite good. And the reason why you want to be looking at CapCut is because all of you on your mobile phone will have tons of photos and videos that you've taken, maybe a single kind of bits of photography for your social media. And what you could do using a lot of the um, kind of uh, template and transitions and very easy-to-use editing uh, features, you could create nice visual stories that could supplement your blog section, your band section if you have pictures with the team. Maybe it could be you know part of the product tools and so on. And video is a very, very important f- content format to build trust and credibility. It ranks well. It had multiple uses as well. And, and I think for visitors, not only... Practically, yeah, they'll spending a bit long on the page watching the video. But they're still, Johnny, the, the impression, rightly so, that it takes a bit longer to craft a good visual story than a single bit of photography or some text. So you're also going to get the appreciation and add to your credibility. So CapCut is really fantastic if you are new to video editing. But because of the kind of advanced features you can kind of switch on, you can also get a kick out of, you know, if you are a, a kind of, uh, practitioner of visual storytelling. So give it a go. And more important, Sunday, of all that content on your mobile phone gathering, Digital Dust, that should really now be on your website. Do you know Digital Dust? I I heard a, a, (laughs) a, a, a fact yesterday that the
0: percentage of photographs ever taken in the history of the world, what percentage do you think was taken last year so the entire percentage of photographs that are taken in the history of the world. Well, I know we're talking video,
1: but mm. photographs. What do you? What percentage do you think was taken last year? In, in one year? Well, the way, you, you're kind of um, leading it to it. I'm going to say, what, half, 50%? 98%. No, come on. 98%. Yeah. That's my I mean, point. People are snapping away, but not using it then.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and, you and, and, and you take, you know, 30 pictures for one picture. You see mm. one thing, you you snap thirty times. Uh, it's uh, yeah, crazy. And and so there's so much video, and you're right. I mean, you know, just imagine the montages you could make from some of these videos, and and bring bring stuff
1: to life. Uh, yeah, and, and show personality, and yeah, totally. So we can link them together. Then you could have you could be inspired by the data you can get from uh, do you say SEMRush? or SEMRush, SEMRush, Yeah, SEMRush? S- Well, like yeah, you're right. No, I don't know. Uh, that's why I was checking. So you get inspiration for you know suggestions in terms of content ideas from, from Samaraj. Then you ask yourself the question, do we have it already? You may have eight percent of that story already, and then you can just complement it. Or you give yourself a brief to go right you know, to illustrate this point or to actually show it in different ways, because people will learn different ways. Some people like to read, listen, and watch. So you could cover all preferences and more. Then you can use CapCut to complete that. Well, since we are in the business of giving people things to do, let's move on to our final segment, the website call to action. So what we do with each of those recording, we give you one change, one adjustment, one activity that's gonna make a huge difference to your website right now. So Johnny, what would be your recommendation? So quite topical, Uh,
0: Google Analytics 4. Google are firing emails out to everyone at the moment. They are sunsetting Google Analytics, what we call Universal Analytics. That goes in June. Google Analytics 4 uh, launched uh, probably a good year, year and a half ago. But it's time to move your data to Google Analytics 4. There's probably a couple of reasons, uh, just really quickly. Uh, one of the reasons being, um, the more data you can give Google, the more you're going to be used and, 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 and increase your search ranks. It's as simple as that. Um, if you can show Google that people are interacting on your site and people are using your website, uh, then Google's going to want to use you more. And if you don't switch to Google Analytics 4, then it's not going to be able to collect that data as well. And the second thing is, I sort of have a love-hate relationship with Google Analytics 4, I'll be honest. There's some amazing stuff. There's some unbelievably poor stuff. You know, the UI is very questionable. Um, However, there's some very, very clever stuff in there. And being able to track exactly what a user does and how they use your website, I think is, you know, again, why wouldn't you want to do that to understand and to
1: learn and to optimize further? Oh, thank you very much. And I'm right in thinking, because I'm, I'm getting emails now, like everybody else, you know, saying July is, you know, the deadline, give or take. That if you've not made the transition, supported by your technical team, no doubt, that you will lose the data. So that is to say, you know, the transition means that the well, the risk is. That the history of your website will be lost as well. Is that exactly? Yeah. So,
0: so, so I don't want to scaremonger because Google have said in one of their most recent emails that they're going to automatically uh, start creating GA4 accounts and transfer some of the data. Not transfer the data, but transfer the collection of the data. Um The uh, for me, it's about the ownership of that, and it's about making sure that it's been set up correctly instead of a robot doing it. And and more importantly, taking that as an opportunity to redress what you're actually tracking on. On the website, because there's so many opportunities that Google isn't going to automatically put in place at all. It, that need that does need a human, um, and so for me, it's it's the opportunity to in, to to get that uh, set up correctly.
1: No, and to be able to like for like comparison previous years and behaviors and that kind of things. So- yeah, the
0: sooner you do it, the sooner you can start comparing. Whereas if you leave it till the last minute or you leave it for for Google to automate
1: it, the less comparison data you'll have. Absolutely. Now, my website, Call to Action, I'm going to ask people to review the last six months of activities and take note of your achievements, you know, new contract wins, project completed, new staff onboarded, um, maybe uh, awards, qualifications, certifications and so on, because what happens, Johnny, we're all so busy looking after our customers, we sometimes move on to the next thing very, very quickly. And we don't take a moment to keep track of that. And we need to, my recommendation would be appoint somebody in the office to be the person that every week, ask any milestones, anything we need to record, because all that information needs to then find its way on your website, it could be for example, they need to refresh the sets of um, customer logos you have on the trusted by section, perhaps your case isn't refreshing perhaps they need videos uh, as opposed to just completely changing the content. What about the team biographies? You know, People have d- completed more projects. They have more track record. They have new qualifications. So you want to really do the exercise first of going through the last six months and then compare and contrast to website. Don't do it the other way because people tend to go to the website first, Johnny, but then they look and go, yeah, it's fine, and then move on with the day as opposed to doing the kind of editorial exercise. And then once you've done also those, um, at least for the last six months, compare with SEMrush there could be in there as well some content ideas as you can see it all kind of fuel uh, itself so that's my website call to action for today. That is a real really good call to action to
0: stay proud of your website to keep it in the moment of the moment that's that that, you know that's that's one of the bits that often is left behind that it becomes dated Um, and so if you can keep it of the moment I think that's a that's a big opportunity.
1: Rather surprisingly, that is the end of episode one, Johnny Ross. Yeah, well, um, it's the new podcast series that we've got, which
0: um, is to uh, complement our uh, 90 Day Website Mastery program. For more information, you can go to 90daymarketingmastery.com. You'll be able to book a discovery call with myself or Pascal. This is the audio companion. We want you to listen whilst you're working. We want you to uh, start putting some of these call to actions into place. We'll be back for another uh, podcast episode. In the meantime, feel free to send your questions, share your preferred app and links to the to your uh, website once you've made the changes we, we've spoken about. And we'd love to have a look at it and give you a shout out. Um, but bye for now, everyone. We'll leave you with a fun video, an audio montage, whilst you go through your notes and actions. Thanks, Pascal. Thank you, Johnny. See you soon, everyone. Take care.